This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome to episode 250 of the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Today, I sit down with Janet McHenry to discuss your praying personality. Like most things, there are a lot of shoulds that get tossed around when it comes to prayer. But there is no one-size-fits-all. Moving beyond the shoulds, Janet gathers biblical prayers, personality types, and spiritual gifts to help you discover your praying personality. To listen to other Grace Enough conversations on prayer, visit graceenoughpodcast.com and click Desire to Expand Your Prayer Practice. There, you'll find episodes with Crystal Evans-Hurst, Tyler Staten, Jody Burnt, and others. And while there, you can download 10 scripture prayers to calm your heart for free. That's graceenoughpodcast.com. Click Desire to Expand Your Prayer Practice for more episodes on prayer. Janet McHenry, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. Thank you so much for having me here, Amber. But what we're going to do is talk a lot about prayer. And so before we dive into that, when did prayer become so uh, important to you? Because as believers, I think we just assume that once you become a Christian, you become someone who prays. And what I've learned in my adult life is that's not necessarily true. And even sometimes you go through seasons where you're more, you're praying more than other seasons. So share a little bit of that journey with us. Yeah, that happened about 25 years ago now. I was struggling physically. I was huffing and puffing, mm -hmm. going up and down stairs. I'd gained weight. I needed painkillers to get to sleep at night because my hips would scream at me. And I think the worst moment was when I stepped out my back door one afternoon and found myself in a crumpled heap. So I knew I needed to do something about my health, but I also knew that for quite some time, God had been saying, I need to spend more time with you. Hmm. You need to spend more time with me. <laughs> and so I decided right there on the concrete in my back porch to get up a little bit earlier the next day and to walk. And while I walked, I would pray. And I sort of, sort of thought I was, well, you know, kind of take care of prayer, you know? Hmm. Um, there was a lot of minus in that initial prayer time, my kids, my marriage, my work as a high school English teacher. But mm -hmm. that all changed one morning when I was walking up and down Main Street here in my little town in the Sierras in California. And I saw a young man pull up. It wasn't even six o'clock in the morning yet. And he handed over his little blanketed baby girl Mm -hmm. to the daycare worker at the daycare center who was uh, standing and waiting right on the sidewalk. And that little wow. girl said, bye, daddy, I love you. And I knew right then that I was supposed to be out on the streets less for the minus of my prayers, but more for the needs of others. So yeah. I began opening up my eyes and just paying attention to the needs of my community, you know, listening, watching and praying for whatever God put within my eyesight. 
Mm. So that's kind of when the the passion for prayer started, because once I got that understanding that wherever I am, there's a need for prayer, that I can have more of that sense of God's presence with me all day long, that he cares about me, and that we just don't want to have necessarily like a prayer life, like we have these little pockets of time where we stick prayer in, but it really can be kind of an all-day sense of consciousness of being with the Lord. Mm. So that's that's kind of when it started, Amber. I love that because what we're going to talk about specifically today is praying personalities. But I, I want to tap into thinking about praying for the needs around us and, and just awakening our souls to that. Because like, give us an example. If I, for, for example, am walking in my community, I'm walking in my neighborhood, which is a suburb of Raleigh. So it's not really city, but it is city. What would that look like if it were you walking in my neighborhood? Would you just be praying for the people inside the homes or do you have something, not a formula? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's simple. It's not elaborate. It, it's That's it's awesome. Not, it's, yeah, it's just everyday language. And it would sound simply like this, Lord, I haven't met this neighbor yet, but would you bless her and her husband and their family life with their children? Would they understand that that favor is coming from you? And mm. would they turn their lives over to you and then honor and glorify you and serve you for the rest of their lives? That is pretty much how I pray. <laughs> I'll pray over and over again. Unless I see something that is dramatically calling for my attention. Like um, uh, once in a while, I'll hear an argument. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'll pray for the marriage. You know, once in a while, I'll see somebody struggling with getting their car started in the morning. Um, so I'll pray for their financial provision, you know, for, the, for that person to be able to get to work. We're about an hour from Reno, which is a lot of the people here yes. commute over there to Reno. It's so interesting that God does put those problems in front of me. I developed an awareness that there was uh, a dependency on alcohol in our community, mm -hmm. that there was dr there were drug problems in one certain area. Uh, and it is quite amazing to me that I've been able to partner with the Lord who is interceding, you know, interceding on our behalf mm -hmm. for the sake of my community for the last mm -hmm. 25 years. And uh, I've seen a lot of changes and it's um, so encouraging <laughs> to, to learn it. about um, answers to prayer in different people's lives, but answers, you know, more on a community level basis. Wow. Oh, gosh, I just, I, I just love that because I think we can think it needs to be elaborate or like you said, sit down and have this long drawn out. I've crossed everybody off the list. And that's a little bit of what you, well, that's primarily what you do dive into in praying personalities, which is we hear this, you should be, you know, journaling your prayers. You should have this specific prayer time. You should have a list written out. And sometimes that keeps us from praying because we feel like we're failing. Right. And so, Tell me a little bit about praying personalities. First, what do you mean by that? And, you know, how does someone even begin to consider what their praying personality may be? Right. Uh, kind of an awareness of that grew out of that prayer walking experience. I began 
uh, writing and teaching about it and trying to convince the whole world that, that yeah. they should be out there walking for their communities. But Okay. In Isn't that how it always starts, <laughs> Janet? We think it should be one way and then we discover, wait a minute, there, it's not wait a one minute. way. <laughs> right. And so, but invariably someone would come up to me and say, but Janet, I can't walk. So what do I do? So that kind of question hung with me. And as I was speaking to one group, I heard myself say, perhaps it has something to do with our God-given personalities. Hmm. And that sent me kind of on a quest to God's word. And I said, well, what does your word say, God, about this? So I began in Genesis and I, I do read through the Bible every year. I said, show me specifically how people are praying. Hmm. And I noticed things like, oh, we have uh, Moses who argued with God. You know, God had called him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and we have two chapters of an argument between God and Moses. So God didn't give That's up That's my brain on Moses. personality, Janet. Yes. <laughs> Please, Lord, send someone else. I don't want to do it. So we have, we have a, someone like that, who that is uh, cerebral, you know, perhaps are even on the edge of argumentative. You know, we have Gideon who asks for signs. Um, we have Job who simply wanted to understand his pain, mm. explain it to me, God. And then we don't hear a word from Job, right? Mm. God explains it. Job's done. Okay, I get it. But then we have more, some more uh, biblical people who were more emotional, such as Hannah and for Samuel. We, you know, we see her lament, you know, cried out in pain. She can't have a child. God blesses her with that pregnancy and the very next chapter, we see hallelujahs and praise from her. And David, you know, wrote half the Psalms, about 20, 75 Psalms he wrote. And we think, oh, he just, that just flowed right out of, right out of his pen, you know. You know, we think that, you know, worship leaders, people who are writing music like that, you know, they're writing, actually writing prayer, essentially is what they're doing. Um, that that just flows out. But as someone who writes, I know that it does take work. <laughs> so right. you work working. So there's that kind of idea of, um, you know, perhaps there's some personality in terms of um, the person who wants to write out their prayers or, mm. you know, that kind of thing. So, and then we know that there were people who fasted while they prayed, such as Daniel, right. Ezra, Nehemiah, um, Esther called for fasting. Um, fasting is always accompanied by prayer. That was the the tradition of the Hebrews. Mm -hmm. And so um, all kinds of different ways that people were approaching God, the actual manner of their speech and um, the ways that they prayed. So mm -hmm. um, it was such a moment of freedom, really, you know, over kind of months of study um, to realize that God takes us where we are. Yeah. Yeah. He's given each of us a unique personality. And so the way that we are going to communicate with God, just as we, we communicate with people is going to be different and that's okay. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, how do you think coming to that realization removes some of the guilt from people? And I ask that mm -hmm. because, I mean, I've certainly felt I think it's great to have people in your life that you see them as someone who, like, for example, my mother-in-law, I mean, she is a prayer warrior, so I respect her and I want to learn from her, but I also realize 
that I don't have to do everything like her in order for my prayer to be effective. Yet I've even had people say to me, oh, if I could just get up at 5 a.m. like you. And I'm like, that's not the goal. The goal is to be in prayer. The goal is to be in God's word. It doesn't have to look just like someone else. So how do you think discovering that and thinking through that and seeing that there's differences kind of lifts some of that guilt off of us? Exactly. And I do pray that the book does, you know, take people, what I say, off the hook. Um, But I also hope that we have more of a sense of what we can do. Yes. You know, in terms of, say I have kind of an on the run personality like Paul. Okay. Paul is on the run constantly. He's writing letters the best that he can to encourage the churches. He says he's praying for them constantly. Over and over, we read that in his letters, that he's praying for them, praying for them constantly mm-hmm. um, while he's on the run. But, you know, if I'm I'm a mom, you know, and I got to get the kids to practice, um, I'm barely hanging on. And it's a struggle for me to get through my day and meet all of those demands. You know, to think through our days and how we can incorporate more prayer there and be in touch with God. So I'm thinking of the the mom on the run. She's in the van. She's got all the kids there. So she says, hey, Josiah, let's pray for the family. You start and then you call on one of your brothers or sisters, you know, and so that you have this kind of a popcorn prayer in the van that becomes kind of a, a special family time together instead of arguing and poking one another (laughs) while you're on the road, it actually becomes a memory that, you know, families can kind of look back on and know that spiritual formation was happening in families. So there, there just are unique ways. Um, And I tried to provide hundreds of suggestions. I call them prayer pointers in the book as I, as I'm examining biblical characters and their praying styles Um, eight different personality theories and different kinds of personality types there. And um, even looking toward uh, learning styles and generational praying styles. Okay. If I'm a a boomer, what are traditional ways that I might consider praying? If I'm a Gen X person, et cetera. And uh, so it was really fun to really be able to look at what God's word said and then how, how can we bring it forward to today in the lives that we live today. Yeah. I and, well, and that's something that I really appreciated because your book really has three main sections and it's, you know, addressing, as we've already talked about, how people in the Bible prayed. And then you're diving into a little bit more of that, like what are general personality types? Uh, we we know so many different types of personality asset assessments out there that are popular, but how much does that play into how we pray? And then you're also just talking about um, spiritual gifts. And so talk to us a little bit about personality types. Like give us a bit of an overview of maybe what you share in the book. And I don't know, maybe share one of those examples so that people kind of get a taste of what you're talking about. Right. So I look at eight different kind of personality theories, and we need to recognize that they are man-made theories, right? Every Everything from Greek temperaments all the way up through some modern things like Myers-Briggs, uh, Big Five, others that people may have taken in the work setting, 16 personalities, mm-hmm. Kiersey, et cetera, and all the way up through the Enneagram. 
And um, to, to take a look at those and what I tried to do with each of those was instead of say, hey, go take the test to actually kind of dig into it and find out what were the underlying kinds of questions that are the basis for formulating those different kinds of personality types. So um, think things like how do people think? Um, how do they process information? Um, what is their kind of outlook of the world in general? Um, are they more introverted in nature, extroverted in nature? Um, how do they problem solve? How do they approach work? Um, how do they approach their spiritual life? So that was, um, you know, the idea behind, you know, bringing those in and, and not necessarily focusing on one and saying this is the best one or that's the best one or are any of them any good at all, <laughs> but to right. try to look at those questions and under underlie them. Because I've found that even when I've taken those tests and I get results, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I do. I think a, a lot of times people can take those tests. And um, I used to take uh, high school seniors to, you know, career kinds of events and college mm -hmm. fairs and things like that. And there will always be, you know, a personality test workshop that they could go to. And so all of them thought, you know, that they, you know, that they were this happy, bubbly personality. And I'd look over that over at the bus on the way home and they're they're fast asleep, you know, because they're drained. I'm oh like, my goodness. You're not. <laughs> it but is think, funny you when know, you're a, a youth. Because when you're a youth, you do think you're a certain way. And I'm like, <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> and the thing is, with those tests, we will might do one of two things. We might think more highly of ourselves or we might mm -hmm. want to think of like, oh, I want to be that kind of person and therefore answer the questions in mm -hmm. that way. Or perhaps we think less of ourselves. And I hate to use the kind of terms because each personality has its own strengths. Each right. personality has its weaknesses. Absolutely. But um, so that's why I um, focused in on trying to find the questions that underlie each of those. And because I think if we if we honestly answer those, that can be more helpful. Yeah. Well, and I think too, when I think about myself and, and knowing now as a middle-aged woman, what my personality is, it does that let you off the hook, not let you off the hook. So you don't have to pray, but I am okay with literally being in the middle of a conversation with someone. And because they say something, I'm in my head praying right that moment yep. um, to God. And I remember young kids, I have youth that I work with being like, what do you mean you're praying? And I'm like, prayer doesn't have to be this thing. Just because you see your mom sit down in the morning with her Bible and pray, there's a good chance that's not the only time she's praying. It doesn't have to be this one-off thing. However, there are other people who their personality may lend itself to sitting and reading and journaling for up to an hour. Right. And that's great too. Yes. And so I do think personalities with that helps you. Or if you're someone that tends to worry more, <laughs> your prayer may look different than mine. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Lord, why the heck are you doing this sometimes? <laughs> and as you're, as you're talking about yourself and maybe a couple of these other people, I'm already going to think, oh, I think you're a problem solver. And I think <laughs> perhaps that person is a lamenter. Right. <laughs> You know, it's just going to be part of your natural makeup. And God mm. made each of us 
Um, we have that unique personality. We may be a combo of a couple yeah. different kinds of personalities. And yeah. um, so, you know, he knows that about us already. You know, Amen. we we don't have to argue with ourselves. <laughs> that's right. And that's a blessing that he knows us already. Mm -hmm. All of us. It's not something you have to be afraid of. <laughs> exactly. So tell me this with spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Kind of how do you dive into those in light of praying? As I was trying to think of um, all the ways that God has made us up in terms of our personality and our strengths, our weaknesses, and what we have to offer the kingdom in terms of what we can do, do God's work here on earth. I, thought, I think an examination of the spiritual gifts is really important too. And um, so I dug into those. Um, I used Paul's letters. So Ephesians 4, Romans 4, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and um, looked at those different spiritual gifts and thought, you know, as I dug into the Greek, the actual meaning of it, I didn't use other kinds of research in there other than in terms of categorizing them into ministry gifts, um, manifestation mm -hmm. gifts, and motivational gifts. How does prayer sync with that? Because mm -hmm. doing ministry to build up God's people, we need to be in prayer. So how does prayer kind of network or sync with that? Uh, mm. That's kind of the, the idea the behind it. With those, I looked at the questions like, you know, why do you, why do you do what you do? You know, what motivates you? Um, how does love motivate you? Love toward God, love toward people. And specifically, are you more word oriented or deed oriented? Mm. Um, and so to think of those uh, questions that underlie the gifts, and maybe that can help lead you to a, a greater understanding of the giftings that God has given you, and then how to prayerfully approach those. Mm. There's just so many things out there when it comes to spiritual gifts, where we as a church at times seem to place a little bit more value on certain gifts over others, right. perceived or true. I think a lot of us have felt that. And so when you think about praying and knowing your spiritual gifts, like how can that also, because I mean, prayer is ultimately, we want to be communing and conversing with our father. Right. How does that really enhance that relationship? Even Paul wrote, desire the greater gifts. So we're like, okay, there are greater gifts. <laughs> um, but each of us has a part in God's, God's work here on earth. It may be um, the person who simply, she do, always does the cleanup. You can count on her. You know, she's in the kitchen. She's going to make sure all the tables are rolled away and put, you know, and the chairs are stacked. That is just as important to God's work as, you know, being in the pulpit and preaching a message um, because it's building up the body. And that uh, that actually could more personally touch someone's life than a message hmm. might, because yeah. each of us will perceive information in different kinds of ways. And so if when love is demonstrated <laughs> um, through those kinds of hands on sort of gifts um, as opposed to things like leadership, administration, you know, a pastor, et cetera, then that actually might change a life even more significantly than the words you hear on a Sunday morning. Mm, amen to that. Gosh, I, as someone who works with youth, I'm so 
thankful for those people. <laughs> so <laughs> thankful for their gifts and their willingness to use them because not my strength. Um, that's a side note, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you have written and taught and done so much work with prayer, which means you've also um, been privy to probably a lot of conversations with women who are asking you questions and inquiring of just some of the information that you've gathered. And so for someone who may be listening, who is like, oh, I really want my prayer life to be different than what it currently is. And I know that's a broad question. Yeah. What would you say to that person? It was a, a lady at church. She was new to me one day and she said, Janet, you know, I just want to learn about prayer. Where can I learn about prayer? And that mm -hmm. question kind of like stuck with me for a season. And I actually did put up an online course through the teachable platform called Prayer School. Mm. And um, it helps walk people through several different um, books where they and they interact with that and to think about, you know, essentially their greater understanding of how God is working in their lives and how they can how they can live that out. Um, how can you develop a sense of, you know, being with God all day long and then also mm. learning about Jesus prayer life, because I yes. consider I consider him my prayer mentor. He is the by the way, I have there's a whole chapter in the book um, on Jesus, the perfect personality. And he's the the one true combination of all the personalities and their strengths. Um, and so I, I looked to him as my prayer mentor and studied his prayers, his 10 mm -hmm. prayers that we have studied his his praying life itself, his practices, yeah. and then his teachings on prayer, which are significant and are many uh, as well. So I think uh, if someone wanted to dive in, I'd say, go to the Gospels, look, look at what Jesus did, what he said, and what he taught about prayer. Yeah. And be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. I just sometimes think about how hard we can be on ourselves and how often you don't even notice some of the steps you've taken in the right direction. And the thing is, there isn't this one size fits all, which is what we're talking about. So talk to God, ask him to show you. And then I think committing to, like you said, if it's like picking one of Jesus's prayers and just saying, mm -hmm. okay, you know what? For 30 days, I'm going to just try to pray this and see what happens. Yeah. Not formulaic. Like, I just want to see what happens. Yes. And I think you'll be amazed. Yeah. Even something like not my will, but yours be done. Yes. A perfect prayer. <laughs> A perfect prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, as we close out here, I know that you also have a bit of a, a personality quiz or, or would you call it quiz or test? I don't know. Quiz. Okay. Quiz. So tell us yeah. about that as we close out <laughs> where if someone is just has interest in doing that, where can they find it? Uh, the website is prayingpersonalities.com and it's a 16 question quiz. It just takes, uh, you know, a minute or two. And it helps the um, you know, the person taking the quiz, you know, find out just a little bit more about what might be their natural kind of praying style. Are they more of a problem solver? Or are they more of have the <laughs> friend of God kind of praying personality? Or are they 
like they're organized or what I call the lamenter or they, um, a peace seeker, you know, they, they go to God each day for the sense of peace that they need in their lives. So um, it's just a little bit more information there and it's super fun and easy. Thank you, Janet, so much for your work and for sitting down for me today. Thank you, Amber. It was really fun. All of the links and resources Janet mentioned can be found at graceenoughpodcast.com. And don't forget, you can listen to more conversations about prayer when you click Desire to Expand Your Prayer Practice. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.